Welcome back to Ghostbusters Minute. Ghostbusters Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1984 film Ghostbusters. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And today we're here to bring you minute number 26 of Ghostbusters. Brady, how are you doing today? Doing good. Doing good. How about you? I'm doing pretty great. I'm looking forward to having Mark Landry on the show this week. I know. Can't wait. So we're going to go ahead and get into minute number 26 now if you're ready. Let's do it. Okay, great. So previously, Vankman was investigating paranormal going-ons in Dana Barrett's kitchen. After looking at the eggs, she directs him towards the refrigerator. At minute 26, Vankman says, better check the fridge, after being prompted by Dana. At 26.10, Vankman slightly opens the fridge door and peers inside. After a second, he says, oh my god. He opens the fridge wider and says, look at all the junk food in here. At 26.15, inside the fridge, we can see two different cans of Coke. Some green beans, smuckers, strawberry jams and some Perrier water. At 26.17, Dana says that none of this was in the fridge last time she opened it. Vankman asks her if she actually eats all this stuff while holding a package of Oscar Mayer bologna. At 26.24, Dana describes to Vankman what she saw. She tells him that there was a space, and I quote, a building or something with flames coming out of it, and there were creatures writhing around, and they were growling and snarling, and there were flames, and I heard a voice say, Zool. While she is saying all this, Vinkman opens up a pot and winces at the smell that comes out. There's also a Coke can placed between Dana's face and the logo is pointed at the screen. Excuse me, it's placed by her face, not between her face. That would be very strange. At 26.32, Peter tells Dana that he is not getting any reading and apologizes. Dana asks him if he's using the equipment correctly. After a second, Peter tells Dana that he thinks so and they assure that there is no animals in the fridge for at 26.46, Dana tells Vankman that either she has a monster in her kitchen or that she is completely crazy. At 26.49, Vankman tells Dana that he doesn't think she's crazy. Dana tells him that makes her feel so much better and walks out of the kitchen. Vankman, sensing that he is losing Dana's attention, tells her that all he has in his life is his work. And thus ends minute number 26. So when she says to him, Either I have a monster in my kitchen or I'm crazy. And he says, I don't think you're crazy. Yeah. Is the implication there that he's the monster? <laughs> I, I, I never looked at it like that. Yeah, I didn't either until I watched it just now. But yeah, I don't think Peter Vinkman's a monster so much as he is a mild nuisance in, yeah. in these yeah. scenes. But um, to Dana, say the least, Dana's description is almost spot on of what's going on inside of the fridge, except it comes off as if maybe it was a scene description. I'm pretty sure they probably hadn't finished the special effects at this point. Mm-hmm. So it's almost as if Sigourney Weaver was reading off a, a description in the script of what it was supposed to be. Yeah. I mean, you would imagine that they probably shot all this stuff while the set was together, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, definitely before they had any of these like high, you know, um, definitely before they had all these complex visual effects shots together. Right. Right. Um, there's a line that she says that always confused me until, I guess, the last couple of years. She says that there were creatures writhing around, and I always heard it as creatures riding around. So I always took it to mean that they were riding around on, like, bicycles and, like, <laughs> weird devices yeah. and stuff like that. No. And there's just really one creature. There's just the one terror dog down there on the steps. Uh, so... For the longest time growing up seeing this movie, I thought that it was, I exactly thought that's what it was, that she was reading some sort of like weird, strange scene description that got changed in post or something like that, and that they didn't bother to go back and like re-record the dialogue. But no, she does in fact say this, that that the creatures were writhing around. We see a lot of Coca-Cola in this movie, right? Yeah, a lot of product placement. And it's not so in your face like it would be in, say, Jurassic World, but but it's there. Yeah. 
it, there's the moment where he opens up the refrigerator and there are two Coke cans. There's one on the left, one on the right. And, you know, it's funny because Coke owned Columbia pitchers at this time. They owned them from 1982 to 1989 when they sold them for, and it made quite a bit of money on the, on the sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, if you own it, you're going to put your products all over the movie to promote yeah. it. Why, why, why wouldn't you? Um, so it's funny because the can on the left is the design, kind of the cursive font on it. Uh, which was introduced in 1971 uh, when they started making the company's name and script uh, sideways on the cans. The can on the right actually looks like the New Coke can. The only difference is New New Coke had an actual ribbon on it that said New. This can did not. It had the larger kind of typewriter font going sideways. Do you know about New Coke? No, no, I don't. Okay, so in 1984, probably, uh, Coke their sales were dropping. So they decided, you know what we're going to do? We're going to refresh our formula. We're going to try something new. So they had multiple market testing groups where they brought out the new Coke and the old Coke, and they had people taste them side by side, and the new Coke tested through the roof. So they had this thing, and they're like, oh, people love this new formula. Well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to change all of our Coke to be this new formula because it's testing so well with people. So they put it out on the market, and it immediately tanks. I don't remember having it, but I've talked to people that had new Coke back in 1985, and I'm sure I was raised on Coca-Cola, so I'm sure that, you know, I'm sure we both had it, but, you know, we don't really remember it. Uh, but people were freaking out about it, and sales dropped through the floor. So all of a sudden, Coke brings back the old formula. Did it taste different? Yeah, I guess if the formula was different. That's what I've heard. I've really never had anybody describe to me what it tasted like, but everybody who talked to about it swears to God that it was the worst thing they ever put in their mouth. So sales go through the floor, they reintroduce the old formulas, Coca-Cola Classic, and then sales spike up higher than they ever were before. Hmm. Which leads a lot of people to wonder, did they introduce a bad product to the market in order to to make false demand for their old product. (laughs) So there's a conspiracy theory out there because after that, I don't think Coke's uh, sales have really ever like, you know, uh, fallen at all, but um, yeah. So anyway, that's a little Coke conspiracy, Coke conspiracy, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, you also see uh, Perrier water right mm -hmm. up front. So it's just more, there's Smucker's Jam in there. He pulls yeah. up the Oscar Mayer, you know, like I actually don't think it's bologna. I said it was bologna in here, but I actually think it's uh, it's salami. I can't think of too many other places in the movie where there's, you know, product placement up in your face, except for her fridge. Yeah. Every now and then, like we said a few minutes ago, um, uh, Egon's eating Cheez-Its. Yeah, that's true. Ray is drinking a Budweiser, but they don't go out of their way to kind of like point the, the logo at it. Every mm-hmm. time you see a Coca-Cola product in this movie, it's, it's angled directly. Like, so there's a straight on shot of the two of them at the fridge yeah. and the Cokes are definitely like right there. You can see. They're big red cans. There's a side shot over Peter's shoulder of Dana's face, and the Coke can has been turned a little bit so that the logo really? is standing straight up. Yeah. Wow, I've never seen that. Yeah. Yeah, I always thought it was funny how like Apple computers were kind of like mm-hmm. b- before Apple had made its big comeback, you would see it in movies all the time. And the thing about Apple's when you open up the computer, their logo is right there on it. It's like their yeah. Nike swoosh. So there's know? no hiding it. Yeah. So in movies, whenever somebody would be like at their kitchen counter, like doing something and the camera was behind them, you just saw the Apple logo on yeah. it. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes it, it grounds it a little bit and gives yeah. it kind of a mm-hmm. real world feel, but sometimes it's just like, okay, we're going to bring it back to Jurassic world. When the kid says, Hey, you want to see something cool? And it immediately cuts to like a Mercedes up in your face. Yes. And just, I know that they tried to work that into that movie. Mm-hmm. So, um, movies are very costly to put on and you have to subsidize that cost somehow. And a little bit of advertising, like you said, it really doesn't hurt. I mean, you would see people drinking a popular drink like Coca-Cola in yeah. the movie and really Unless you're doing a minute by minute podcast, these are the kind of things you don't really notice. You know, when you're having to pause the screen and check out stuff in the background, it really sticks out to yeah. you. And I'll tell you one thing that's really 
when it comes to product placement, uh, distracting is, let's say if there's like a deodorant commercial and somebody's like, you can get rid of all these other deodorants and they'll knock a bunch of like generics off the counter or something like that mm-hmm. whenever the labels just don't have anything on it. Yeah. It's more distracting than it would be if it's like a bunch of, you know, Gillette and Old Spice and all these things just right in your face. So do you remember, uh, it is for the better. Do you remember the per- Patricia Arquette TV show Medium? Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. <laughs> so there was an episode of it that came out around the time that the, um, oh, there was this movie that Steven Spielberg produced, and it was called like Memoirs of a Geisha or something like that. Yeah. And in the TV show, it was mentioned like 10 times. It was like every two minutes, somebody would be reading a magazine and there'd be like Memoirs of a Geisha on the back of it. Or really? someone would be like, hey, do you want to go see Memoirs of a Geisha tonight? Like, I'm not making this up. You can see this on the internet. And it's uh, it's crazy how just it was so over the top and in your face. Now, if the people just had those magazines open and we're seeing the advertisement for it, that's fine. No big problem. Yeah. Ghostbusters is good about this because they do have their real world stuff, which would be the Coca-Cola Perrier, you know, the bologna, all that. But they also have the Stay Puff Marshmallows, you know, like a yeah, thing right. that only exists in that universe. Yeah. So yeah. it balances out. And I can kind of forgive, you know, bringing in the real mm-hmm. products when I'm seeing other stuff that, you know, it only exists within the world of the movie. When it doesn't balance out is when somebody pulls out like a can of Ecto Cooler in Ghostbusters, something that can only yeah. exist outside yeah. of that universe. Yeah. Uh, something else that you see in this in this minute is a, it, this is an example of like kind of classic romantic chemistry building, right. which is typically like a trope, but it, it works here. Um, in the, you know, like, like it wouldn't say Preston Sturgis movies or something like that, that kind of classic romantic comedy form. Right. And it, we will get into it a little bit more in, in the minute that follows this, because it's pure dialogue between Peter and Dana about the relationship between the two of them, which at this point is crazy that they're even yeah. talking about that kind of thing. But we, you know, we're continuing on with their meet cute. And what's weird about the scene is that, Dana, all of the evidence she's presented to him is not there when he gets there, right? There's nothing going on in the fridge. There's some, he sees the eggs, so he knows maybe there's something weird going on here. But for the most part, like they said, when she showed up to the firehouse, uh, this does kind of seem like maybe a person who's seeking attention, you know, or someone mm-hmm. who's legitimately crazy. But after Peter's talked to her for a little bit, he does say, hey, look, you're not crazy. I'm not seeing stuff here. That doesn't mean it wasn't here, you know? Yeah. He's not using those words directly. I mean, if it were me in his situation, I'd probably try to make her feel a little bit better about it. I'm not seeing this stuff. I'm not getting any readings, but that doesn't mean it wasn't here a yeah. week ago. And of course, he's just using that as game. Yeah. Oh, I don't think you're crazy. So here's something I was thinking about when I was watching the scene. And tell me if you felt this the, the same way. Um, at this moment, Peter has seen ghosts. He knows yeah. that ghosts are real. He's seen them. He knows he's not crazy. They've developed the technology and everything. Yet he's still kind of approaching this with this skeptical view of, you know, is this is this place really haunted? Is it that he's skeptical or does he just not care? Well, that's a good question. Is getting, you know, Dana more important to him than... Yes, you're right. His yeah, belief. that is definitely more important to him at this point in time. He wants to get Dana Barrett's attention, and he's doing so, not in a good way. <laughs> yeah. What do they call that? Negging? Uh, yeah, I think. I think, I think they call so, that yeah. negging. Yeah. Uh, he's and uh, you know, don't do that, guys. It's stupid. Don't do it. <laughs> but um, if if you're interested in someone, let them know directly. Uh, but he's definitely um, his what is paramount to him at this moment is trying to form a relationship with Dana and not actually looking for ghosts. You're, you're right about that. You're absolutely right. The way I was reading the scene was that he was maybe going back to some of his skeptic ways after being a true believer at this point. Yeah. And you know, he really becomes a true, true believer later on in the movie. So it does make sense at this point that his belief system wouldn't be, you know, in full force. Right. Yeah. Okay. 
Cool. Well, that's pretty much all I got for this minute. How about you? Yeah, me too. Yeah, this, this, this was a pretty fun one. I mean, I know we like to talk about product placement. It doesn't ruin this movie for me at no, all, at but all. it is not kind of all. a funny thing to point out and talk about, especially when the parent company is Coca-Cola. So, well, like we were talking about earlier, Mark Landry is going to be on the episode uh, for Thursday and Friday, uh, minutes 28 and 29. Those are going to be a lot of fun. A lot happens in those minutes. Uh, Mark is a cool dude. Uh, he's in the biz, so to speak. Yeah. And uh, he has a comic book that is actually out in graphic novel form right now, which I'm sure he's going to tell us all about. And it's I've read it. It's awesome. Yeah, it's great. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And we are here to remind you that death is but a door. Time a window. We'll be back. Ghostbusters Minute is a fan-supported podcast. To become a patron of Ghostbusters Minute and gain access to exclusive weekly bonus content, visit us at patreon.com slash gbminute. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. You can contact us at ghostbustersminute at gmail.com and visit us online at ghostbustersminute.com, facebook.com slash ghostbustersminute, twitter.com slash gbminute, and look us up on Instagram at ghostbustersminute. Our theme song is Ectoplasm by Audionautics, which is licensed under the Creative Commons Attributions License.